Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Right now, join T-Mobile and get an unlimited family plan with Netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone, tablet, or TV. Plus, buy one Samsung Galaxy S9 and get one free with 24 monthly bill credits so you and your family can binge your Netflix favorites on your new phones. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances due, well-qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. Welcome to the Week 6 College Football Preview Show, where I'm going to be breaking down the notable prospect matchups of note for Week 6 of the college football season. I am Kyle Krabs, Director of Scouting and NDT Scouting, NFL and NFL Draft Analyst for FanRagSports.com, and I am your pilot for the day. Mr. Joe Marino is off. He had a long night last night. He was in town for NC State's big victory over the Louisville Cardinals, a game that was very entertaining if you had the chance to stay up and watch. Uh, And I think that's where I want to start today. I want to talk a little bit about this game because there were some things that I took away from this game that that probably aren't earth-shattering if you've been paying attention to the early portions of the season. Um, But otherwise, uh, you have to start with quarterback Ryan Finley for NC State. Uh, He played a tremendous game in this game. He was consistently in command. He kept the offense on schedule, uh, really shined as a timing passer, somebody with some West Coast concepts and three-step drops and throwing with accuracy to those areas of the field. And I, I thought he was terrific in that regard. He finished the game 20-31, uh, 64.5% completion percentage for 367 yards and a touchdown. He still has not thrown an interception on the season through six games. Uh, he's big. He's got an okay arm. He doesn't have a great arm. Uh, and I think when, one of the areas that really showcased that was the first play of the game, and then early in the second half, NC State tried to run uh, some boot action. 
and, and tried to have Finley throw it on the move. And those throws, both of those throws were comeback patterns to the boundary, the far boundary. He's booting to his right, trying to get his shoulders around on that throw. And what happens is you can tell with the, when the torque is not there for him to really get his body into his throw, he's kind of handcuffed. So he doesn't have great arm strength, but he had some nice touch passes, even touch passes down the field that I thought were, were a great showcase of what he can do. Um, Jalen Samuels, this this hybrid player, offensive weapon. I don't know what to call him as far as category. Maybe maybe a tight end. Um, I know I know on the broadcast last night. I know Patrick Wu of the Senior Bowl also mentioned this uh, at ACC Media Days. He compared himself to Ty Montgomery of the Green Bay Packers, which I think is an interesting comp. I don't think he's as much of a true back. Um, as what we've seen Montgomery develop into. Uh, but that's something I'll have to go back and, and look a little closer at. But he had another great game, uh, seven catches for 104 yards, led the team in receptions. He had that big 79-yard catch and run, uh, good hands catch, good uh, peripheral vision to spin away from a breaking linebacker and get up and then into the, the third level and then acceleration to break that long gain for 79 yards uh, was a big play in the game. You know, this was a game that kind of went back and forth and ultimately NC State pulls away courtesy of, of a pick six and late in the fourth quarter. Um, but it was a closely contested game. And these these were the names uh, that I was most interested in seeing for NC State. But there's another name here, uh, Naeem Hines, who's a junior for NC State, uh, 5'9", 197, uh, he went up over 100 yards. He's looked terrific this year. Um, just his ability to run with confidence really stands out. He he is very quick to make a decision on how he's going to make somebody miss. He he put two defenders in back-to-back spin cycles. Um, so uh, he's a name that I continue every time I check NC State. Uh, he's consistently breaking chunk yardage and big gains, and he's fluid and uh, those are all things that I really like. So Hines is somebody I'm going to be looking at a little closer going forward. For Louisville, it uh, was great to see Jair Alexander back on the field. I thought he played well. He was very combative in coverage, uh, which anytime you get a guy that's a little bit smaller stature, you need to see that. You need to see that he's not afraid of contact and playing physical, and he can play physical, uh, which you saw Alexander do last night. Lamar Jackson, the other headliner. I, I felt bad for Lamar in this game. Uh, 55% completion percentage, but it's really not indicative of how he played. He threw for 354 yards and a touchdown, uh, had the pick six. Um, he, he also rushed for 73 yards and two rushing touchdowns. So in all, uh, Lamar accounts for, uh, 425 yards and three touchdowns, uh, in a loss. He just, he really has no help. The receivers, uh, the, the tight end, I believe it's Mickey Crum dropped two or three layup passes. And, and I continue to have not seen uh, any team in the country drop as many passes as what the Louisville receivers do. So uh, don't get caught up necessarily in the completion percentage in this game. It was not Lamar's best game, but I thought it was a good illustration of how Lamar can still win as a passer, especially in the middle of the field. He he destroyed the Wolfpack defense on second and long and third and long, uh, attacking the middle of the field. 
that I think it's a good showcase to kind of see what you can expect from Lamar if you're trying to project him against NFL defenses. It's just he needs guys that can catch the ball. Uh, but it was a great game overall, 39-25 final score. I'm sure Joe Marino will, will tell us all about his experience when he's back on the show on Monday. But I want to get into the rest of the weekend. Uh, tonight, I'm on the road. I'll be in uh, Connecticut. I'll be at UConn for Memphis and UConn. And, and Memphis is a team that has a handful of players that I really like, starting with uh, wide receiver Anthony Miller, number three. He's a senior. Um, this is a kid that really stood out when I saw them play UCLA. You know, I was in in town for that game and uh, he blew up. Obviously, you score 48 points, you're going to you're going to have some plays but from your offensive playmakers. Um Miller is a, a very clean route runner. He's got great hands and I think this is going to be an opportunity here where you want to see him Dominate Memphis three and one, UConn one and three. Uh, there is a ta- a little bit of a talent disparity here as far as the overall talent of each team. So I want to see Miller come out and do similar things in similar fashion to what he was able to accomplish against uh, UCLA. Now, obviously, some of that falls on Riley Ferguson, the quarterback, who's another draft prospect. Uh, he's a fun player. He's mobile. He's scrappy. Uh, he doesn't. He misses some throws that that you should be able to stand in a pocket and make, just because the arm talent isn't tremendous. Uh, but I really like what he's got going on between the ears. He he sees the field well. He sees the game well. Uh, and against that UCLA team a couple weeks ago, you could see as the game went further and further along, he got more and more aggressive, which I like. You're you're understanding what you're seeing. You're processing it. Now take your shots. On the UConn side. Uh, there, there's two guys that I'm interested in watching, both defensively. Uh, Jamar Summers is one. Summers is the latest DB prospect from UConn. This is a team that's pumped out Byron Jones and Obi Melifonwu over the past couple of years. So there's a little bit of a, a quote-unquote family history here that you might be getting uh, an NFL player. And, and Jamar Summers is somebody who's had good ball production. He's uh, pretty physical for a guy of his stature. So somebody, he's going to have his hands full against this Memphis passing offense really looking forward to seeing that the other prospect for UConn that I'm looking forward to seeing is uh, senior linebacker junior Joseph middle linebacker he started there for off and on for about two years now um, was firmly entrenched as the starter last year I believe he went up over 100 tackles as a sophomore he didn't quite make it as junior um Joseph is big and physical kind of reminds me of like a Denzel Perryman type linebacker from Miami the past couple years and Joseph um, hits like a truck man if he's playing forward you're gonna have a really hard time knocking him off of his balance and his his trajectory um, I talked to junior a little bit in the summer with the reason being I actually coached junior in high school for two years at the high school level. So uh, I know junior personally, he's a a very good football player. He's a good young man. And um, he said he dropped a little bit of weight from his junior playing weight. So what I'm interested in seeing is, okay, let's, let's see how he moves. I want to see how he moves because that was something that was not his primary strength last year was playing in space. Um, his pursuit angles were good, but he was conceding some some yardage with his pursuit angles because he knows if I press that aggressively, I'm probably not going to get there. 
So I want to see him have a little bit of extra juice this year. And if he does, look out. Because, you know, as a physical linebacker, there is a, a role to play in today's NFL, even for downhill physical linebackers. You start to look down through the rest of the weekend, and there's there's not a ton of sexy matchups. You have uh, West Virginia versus TCU, which is where College Game Day is at. And I think that will be a good game. Um uh, obviously, Gary Patterson and the defense that they have there, and, and Travin Howard is uh, this new age kind of safety linebacker hybrid for TCU. He's the most prominent draft prospect on the team, and having him go against West Virginia's passing offense and seeing getting a chance to see him in space and try and square up Justin Crawford when they go with the thin boxes, and because West Virginia is going to spread you out, so running back Justin Crawford, I think is going to be a big part of this game for West Virginia if they're going to continue to score points. Obviously, I'm looking forward to seeing Will Greer, the quarterback. Greer has kind of been one of my guys, you know, entering the season. I really like what he brought to the table as far as his style of play and how that was going to mesh with Dana Holgerson's offense, and you're seeing that. He's been extremely potent. I believe they scored over 50 points in three consecutive games. Now, granted, they haven't played great competition, um, but they are putting points on the board. This is a matchup of two ranked teams. Um... West Virginia's got a couple of receivers, too, that, that you should pay attention to. White, who's the uh, younger brother of Kevin White uh, of the Chicago Bears, is one to watch. And the other one that's, that's pretty interesting is David Sills. Um, this is someone that used to play quarterback and has now transitioned over to the wide receiver position. I believe he's in the top two or three in the country in receiving touchdowns. Uh, not a great athlete. But he does have a oh, very good head for the position for somebody who switched over late. Um, he's very savvy. He understands how to adjust to the football, and he's got good hands. So uh, he's somebody who's kind of flashed at me a little bit, and I'm interested to see him against one of the tougher defenses that West Virginia slated to play throughout their conference schedule this year. Obviously, Florida State-Miami has lost some of its luster. It's scheduled for a 3.30 kick. It's already been pushed back once due to uh, uh, the hurricane that came through the region a couple weeks ago and uh, Florida State hurting as a football team now. Uh, They've lost their quarterback. They have no offensive line play. Uh, It's just a really rough situation. You watch them against NC State, and, and you can just tell this team does not have the punch that they did you know, the past couple of seasons. I think Miami is ripe for a win here. It's been, I believe, seven straight wins for the Seminoles. Miami has almost had them, like, the last three years and let them off the hook late in the game. Uh, So I think the Hurricanes, it's going to be battle of two defenses. Uh, The Hurricanes have uh, a splash front seven. They've got a lot of twitchy guys uh, as edge rushers. Uh, Thomas, number 99, is one that stands out. I'm sorry, it's Jackson. Jackson is 99, and Chad Thomas is the other one. So Chad Thomas is a senior. He's not necessarily the most uh, explosive, but Jackson, number 99, uh, watched Miami last week play Duke, and I think he had three sacks in the game. Uh, He was all over the place. 
Uh, and then on the interior, they have Kendrick Norton, who is a, a very physical and stout defensive tackle. Behind them, they have uh, all those young sophomore linebackers that aren't draft eligible yet, but they're all very good football players. And you foil that against a Florida State front that can't block anybody. You know, you you saw what uh, NC State was able to do to them with their defensive line and their front seven. And I think Miami has a better front seven than NC State does as far as the overall talent across the board, I think. Obviously, NC State has the best talent with Bradley Chubb, who was just on fire again last night. So hat tip to him. He's played lights out all year. Um, so I, I think Miami's primed to win that game. Um, that that Miami front seven is really going to be the showcase for me. They have to dominate up front. You should dominate that Florida State offensive line because they're not good. For as good as Florida, how for how good Florida State is everywhere else. They are not good in the offensive line, so that front seven for Miami is what's going to win or lose them this football game, depending on if they play up to expectations. Uh, another one of the big games that's kind of lost some of its luster is this LSU-Florida game. Uh, LSU coming off a home loss to Troy obviously hurts quite a bit. Uh, the Florida Gators are not without blame here for this game losing some of its luster, having a lot of prominent players suspended for this this credit fraud incident that's kind of plaguing their program right now, uh, including star wide receiver Antonio Callaway, uh, running back Jordan Scarlett. So, I mean, this this is just a mess as far as LSU is a team that's that's severely underwhelming. Florida's missing a lot of their best players offensively. Um, it'll still be a very hotly contested game. I want to see Darius Geis. I want to see Arden Key. Um, Florida really doesn't have any prime time prospects. I know Duke Dawson, the, uh, the corner, is a good player. He's a very good player. Um, but as far as the sexy names in this game, LSU's got one on each side of the football that uh, they got turned on. Uh, and, and I know LSU has not played particularly physical over the, the course of the season so far. So they're kind of going through an identity crisis, it feels like. And this is going to be a big opportunity for them to get revved up, play up to this game, and hopefully perform well. Right now, join T-Mobile and get an unlimited family plan with Netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone, tablet, or TV. Plus, buy one Samsung Galaxy S9 and get one free with 24 monthly bill credits so you and your family can binge your Netflix favorites on your new phones. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances due, well-qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply. Right now, join T-Mobile and get an unlimited family plan with Netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone, tablet, or TV. Plus, buy one Samsung Galaxy S9 and get one free with 24 monthly bill credits so you and your family can binge your Netflix favorites on your new phones. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances due, well-qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply. Well, there's a couple other individual prospect matchups throughout the course of uh, this week's schedule that stand out to me. One of them being Texas Tech versus Kansas. I want to see Dorrance Armstrong turn it on. This is a junior pass rusher. He had a ton of tackles for loss and sacks last year. Uh, has been lukewarm this year. Well, you're going to get probably 50, 55 chances to rush the passer against Texas Tech. 
So I want to see that motor running hot. I want to see him get after uh, the Texas Tech passing offense and get in the backfield, make some splash plays, and and really turn himself around. Another individual matchup that I'm interested in seeing is Maryland wide receiver DJ Moore against the Ohio State Buckeyes defense. Moore is a fun player if you're not familiar with him. He's got a knack for splash plays. He's been very consistent for the Terps. Uh, A name that's kind of under the radar because the Terps aren't renowned for their passing offense. But this is somebody you can throw him a bubble pass and he can take it 75 yards to make three guys miss along the way. He's got great open field vision. It's a huge test for him and Maryland who I think is an underrated football team at 3-1. I know they did have an ugly home loss uh, to UCF. But as it turns out, UCF is actually a pretty darn good football team. They're ranked 25th in the country in 3-0. Uh, so Maryland against Ohio State, I think that should be one of the more fun games of the weekend. Um, and, and I really want to see how wide receiver DJ Moore performs in a tough task going toe-to-toe with Ohio State. That is going to do it for us today on the draft, dudes. Hope you guys enjoyed kind of a look into uh, last night's game between NC State and Louisville, some of the games that are coming up this weekend and, and what we're looking for. So check back on on Monday when Joe's back on with us, and uh, we'll, we'll kind of keep it light. We'll keep it fun. That's what we like to do here on The Draft Dudes. Uh, if you enjoy the show, this is your first time listening, I'd like to thank you first and foremost. Please hit subscribe. You know, whether you are a first-time listener, second-time listener, whatever. If you have not subscribed to The Draft Dudes, please hit that subscribe button. Let us know what you think of the podcast. You can do so by leaving us a review on iTunes. Um, We'd really love your feedback. We really covet, and you know, we've done some, tried some technical stuff and some guest interviews, like we had NFL.com's Lance Zerline on a Wednesday show, and you know, we get good feedback from you guys, and we, we want to know what direction you want to hear us take the show. So that feedback is invaluable. We kindly ask uh, that you that you continue to let us know what you think of the show. You can also reach me on Twitter uh, if you have any individual questions for me, whether that's about the podcast, about a game, about a prospect. Please, I'm all ears. You can reach me on Twitter. I am at NDT Scouting. Uh, you can find some of our work on Facebook as well, facebook.com slash NDT Scouting, or you can just swing over to NDTScouting.com and check out all of our latest up-to-date content. I'm Kyle Krabs signing off. This is the Draft Dudes Podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.